I have the opportunity to go and speak at a number of different places, and, and I've done that over many, many years. When I was studying over in Britain, I uh, was involved in preaching and visiting churches. On this one particular day, I was visiting a church. I wasn't speaking, and I was single at the time as I went to this church, and I think this young couple who had two young children had a bit of sympathy for me, and they asked me if I wouldn't mind coming to their house for dinner. Well, I like to eat. It looks like you do too. And so I decided that I would uh, go over to their house for dinner. So I went to their home. It was a Welsh family. They had two little boys, probably about, I would say, four or five years old. And they asked me if I wouldn't mind taking care of the boys while they put their final touches on the meal. No problem, I thought to myself. So I was in the living room with the boys, and they were on me, literally, crawling all over me as I sat in the chair laughing and giggling and uh, having a great time, one on my shoulders, one on my feet, another on my lap, oh, pulling all over, and I was laughing, having a great time. And finally, one of the little boys was straddled across my lap, and he asked me in his little Welsh voice, where are you from? Well, I'm originally from Pennsylvania. So I said, I'm from Pennsylvania. And he paused, and he looked at me, and he said, oh, you look like a pencil. Well, I hope you get the point of what I have to say. <laughs> what do you think of when you hear the word seed or seeds? Some of you might be thinking, oh, I think of seed money. The money that's uh, used by somebody who puts it up for somebody else who might have a business plan. And the, the money is given in, in the hope, of course, that the money will grow. Some of you might think, oh, what I think of is a, a seed of thought, something that I've come up with. Maybe it's a, a plan to, to do something, or a, uh, an idea to write a story, or a, a consideration of, of what you might do to help somebody out. Yet for most of us, when I say the word seed, you think of seeds. Uh, seeds that you use to, to plant flowers or plant a, a vegetable garden. Th those kinds of seeds that, that are planted and you see the, the fruit of them come and take place. My mother tells a story about when she was a little girl taking piano lessons. She went to Mrs. Gould's house. And when she went to Mrs. Gould's house, she and her brother, Jim, would go take their piano lessons. But Mrs. Gould liked to talk about what her bird ate. See, Mrs. Gould had a hard time saying S's. And so she would, well, she whistled when she said S's. And so uh, when she talked about what her bird ate, she would say that her bird ate bird seed. <laughs> seed. Seeds are all kinds of things that we come up with, aren't they? They're, they're something that's part of life, these things called seeds. <laughs> seeds are uh, part of all that we do. People come from seeds. Vegetables come from seeds. Flowers come from seeds. Trees come from seeds. We're very familiar with seeds. And so when we come to this passage that we're looking at today, 
we, we recognize that uh, Jesus has something to say about seeds. Uh, the seed stories that he tells us today in Mark chapter 4, verses 26 to 35, we see here, 34, we see here what he says about seeds. It's something that Jesus does here. He takes something that is familiar to his listeners and to us, seeds, and he uses that which is familiar to help explain that which is unfamiliar. So Jesus himself, he's a good teacher. He's somebody who uh, understands his class. He wants them to understand something that might not be all that easy for them to grasp but he's going to help them to understand it through something that is familiar to them. Seeds. So here in, in Mark chapter 4, verses 26 to 34, if you turn to that, please, I, I want you to be able to uh, listen to this text and try to figure out what Jesus is saying about seeds. That's Mark chapter 6, beginning with the verse numbered 26. Yes, Mark 4, chapter 4, yes, beginning with the verse number 26. Thank you. <laughs> and he also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground, night and day. Whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows. Though he does not know how, all by itself the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. And as soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it, because the harvest has come. Again he said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest seed you plant in the ground. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all the garden plants with such big branches that the birds of the air can perch in its shade. With many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them as much as they could understand. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. But when he was alone with his disciples, he explained everything. So, what does this passage, what are these parables? parables tell us about seeds. What do they show us here about seeds? We see here that seeds may surprise us. Because what we discover is that in these little seeds, we see something very big. That is, these little seeds have the capacity to do something very big. In both of these parables, you'll notice in the first parable, the farmer scatters seed. We don't know what kind of seed it is. Obviously, it's small seed, and he's scattering it about. And in the second parable, we are told what the particular seed is. It's the mustard seed. 
It's the smallest seed that his listeners, Jesus' listeners, would be familiar with in those days. Now, when we think of mustard seed here, don't get it confused with the mustard that you put on your sandwich. It's a different kind of plant. What is happening here is that the farmers had two ways of casting forth for their produce. One is throwing seeds like we do when we plant grass seed, throwing it out there. Another way was that uh, they would have a plow and put the seeds into the furrows. In this case, what we see here is that these little teeny seeds are planted. But the amazing thing is that the infinitely small becomes the incredibly big. These small seeds are planted. And the text tells us here that the farmer himself really doesn't understand, though he does not know how, in verse 27. He doesn't know how it grows. But these seeds are planted, these tiny, small seeds. In the first parable and in the second, they're small. And they surprise us. Because it is in these little seeds that you have the smallness, the small design that goes towards something big. You have the tiny that becomes the tremendous. And so there's something very surprising about seeds, isn't it? There, there's, a, there's a surprising capacity that seeds have. That within them is their little DNA that makes something gigantic. There's something about seeds. There, there, there are all kinds of surprises that seeds provide for us. The seeds that, that we plant are seeds that um, do something that we at times would never even expect for them to do all by themselves, all by itself, the text says, the soil produces. It just happens. And pow! It's surprising. We are often surprised about seeds, aren't we? Think about it. Think about the way in which seeds surprise us. The seeds that we have uh, produce something that, that surprises us. We plant a vegetable seed, and it provides us with food. We plant a, uh, a, a seed from a tree, like a, a, one of those whirly things from a, from a maple tree, or, a, or an acorn from an oak tree, or a pine nut from a pine cone. And what do we get? Shade and protection. We get these seeds that we put into the ground that... Uh, provide us with shade, but not only do they provide us with shade, they, they provide us with shelter. Because from these trees, these seeds that have been planted and grow, we get uh, lumber in order to build our homes. But not only do these seeds produce something, they also demonstrate something too. Think about the seeds that are planted for uh, flowers. They provide us absolute beauty the way in which we can appreciate the intricacies of the way in which God works. Yeah, seeds produce something. They provide for us, 
something that takes care of us in terms of our own life, everyday life. But they also show us beauty. There's something about these seeds. We can look at seeds and think of the seeds as almost um, unimportant, uh, unnecessary even. But we don't want to pass up on the power of seeds. Because from these small seeds, we see something tremendous. Something that is very different, perhaps, than what we even expected. These seeds can surprise us. You plant a seed and may be surprised by what comes out. And Jesus is showing us here in this text the way in which seeds can surprise us. The seed is small, but something that comes at the end of everything that takes place, the germination, and the, it, it's bigger than what we ever expected. And so you find here in this text the way that seeds surprise us. But not only do seeds surprise us, they, they may indeed surprise us, but the kingdom of God starts small, but God grows it big. Look at these, both of these passages here. You see that the, the, this kingdom of God, oh, what is this thing called the kingdom of God? Well, the kingdom of God, we're not necessarily used to hearing that because we won't vote on a president or people who represent us. So we are not necessarily folks who think in terms of having a king. God does. <laughs> and the kingdom of God means that we come under the rule of God. That God is the ultimate ruler above, if we lived in Britain, above the queen. Living in the United States, above the president. This God calls us to come under his rule and reign this kingdom of God is represented here in the seeds of this passage. In the way in which the kingdom is communicated to folks. That God is the ruler and so men and women and boys and girls come under the sway and power of this king. And that Jesus Christ calls men and women and boys and girls to recognize the gospel, the good news, the recognition of who Jesus Christ is, his life, his burial, his death and resurrection, and is soon coming again. It is recognizing that we put our lives under his authority, that we give ourselves to him and say, he is king and I am not. And in this passage, what we see taking place is that these seeds are planted. The kingdom of God is like, it says, a mustard seed. The kingdom of God is like a man who scatters seed. And what we see here taking place, it is not the farmer who gets credit for growing the crop, but God. God is the one who works at growing the seed and making it 
mature to the place where it can be harvested, as you see in that first parable. And it is absolutely surprising that in this very unpowerful way that these innocent seeds become, as in the case of the mustard seed, a small seed, a tiny seed that becomes a tremendous 10-foot-tall bush. And what Jesus is saying is that this kingdom that God has is superintended by God himself and God alone. He is the grower. He is the one who takes care of it. He is the one who sees that it will increase. It is this powerful recognition that God is the one who is the grower. We're not. These seeds grow because of God. God's work in the church grows because of God. We recognize here in, in this passage that uh, this kingdom of God starts small. It's recognized that this kingdom is like seeds. But what happens? The seeds grow. And what is he saying? What is Jesus saying? That this kingdom, that God's rule and reign will spread in unbelievable inconceivable ways. And so he's teaching this to his disciples. And he's teaching that to us. God is the one who grows his seeds. The kingdom of God starts small, but God grows it big. A farmer went out to sow seed in his lawn. The farmer is me. The tree was cutteth down. The tree felleth on the ground, sodded up, shippeth away. The man cameth and put his stump grindereth onto the stump, and he grindeth up the stump. Soon, Soil was brought us in and spreadeth around over top of this stumpeth that had been cutteth and groundeth. The farmer, that's me, took the seedeth and spreadeth over the soil. And what surprised the farmer was that the seedeth grew. It grew so much that it made a beautiful, green, lush lawn. Soon, the farmer, that's me, had to have the landscape companyeth come and cut the grass because it produceth much. That's the power of the seed. I didn't have anything to do with it. All I did was spread it. All I did was cast it about. But it grew, not with my help, 
but really by God's help. Jesus is telling us in this parable that the kingdom of God starts small, but God grows it big. Sometimes we think that what we really need is a, a big grand opening, a parade, and a marching band, and everything as we start something. Let everybody know what we're doing. Come on, everybody. I'm here. Look at me. Look at what we're God works in a very different way. He works actually in the opposite way. Almost unnoticed, God is doing his work in the lives of people. And it grows into something big. Yeah. The kingdom of God starts small. But God grows it big. And, and in many ways, as we, as we look at this text, we can feel the pulse of this passage as it underscores for us what Jesus is getting at here. And what Jesus is getting at here is this. Seeds may surprise us because the kingdom of God starts small, but God grows it big. Isn't that the way it is? That in this passage, it's almost giving a word picture, a little painting even, of what God is doing even in the midst of the disciples right there. Even in the midst of where they are and all that they're going through, he's telling them that the kingdom of God starts small. It's going to surprise you. <laughs> really, these seeds are surprising. And yet God is the one who grows it big. Uh, it is God who, in the first parable, produces the, the incredible crop here. It, it, it's, it, um, the seed sprouts and night and day whether, whether he sleeps. That is, night and day whether the farmer sleeps or not, it's growing. He gets up, the seed sprout and grows, and though he does not know how, he doesn't know how, I don't know how. He says, how does he go? I don't know. Man, I'm scared, I don't know. And all by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stock, and then the head, and then the full kernel. God is the one who's working in the great increase. In the second parable, the parable of the mustard seed, we, we are shown the great comparison of this teeny, tiny little seed. And then the result of it is this ten-foot-tall bush. What's it saying? It's saying God is the one who oversees, who superintends. He is the great botanist. He is the one who does his great work in, in the lives of people and has them come under his sway. God is the one who does his great and incredible work. And you could see this in these disciples. These 12, or as it ended up, 11, and they added another one in the beginning of Acts. <laughs> The, this small band of brothers were they themselves the incredible seed. Because as a result of what God did in them, the church grew. After the stoning of Stephen, you could see that the seed spread out all over the known world at that time. And God grew it. 
We, we see this in the way in which God has worked over these 2,000 years, haven't we? We have seen it, how God has worked, and as we open up our Bibles and, and take a glance at the, um, the New Testament, and we see these e epistles, these letters that are written to churches. Because what happened was that the disciples went out and they went from city to city and planted church to church. And you see these letters that are written to these churches where you see the seed that's being spread and it's sprouting and growing again and again and again. Flop open a church history book and that's what you see. You see the seed sown and churches popping up here and there. You see it in the history of the church, even in the 19th century, the great mission movement where the uh, continents of Africa and Asia were, were uh, evangelized. And the church is growing and growing and growing there. You, you see it in the church in China in the 20th century, how it was oppressed and sat on. And yet, what is the church like today in China? A flourishing, powerful, pulsating church. You see it in South America and in Central America where God has used people to touch others with this gospel and, and this kingdom, and people have come under its sway. You see it in, in our own country, in, in cities and in the countryside where churches are being planted, and people are coming under the sway of the gospel and growing towards maturity in Christ. It is absolutely incredible what God is doing. Seeds may surprise us because the kingdom of God starts small, but God grows it big. It is this incredible working that we can see in the history of the church and even today what God is doing. And yet, in some ways, in our consumeristic culture, we think that we can capture all that. Yeah, we put together our uh, mission statements and our uh, vision statements, and this is what God is going to do, and as if we're trying to put God into this. God won't be held to our boxes. God is the one who does his work, and as you know yourselves, the churches in China, for example, and the oppression that they felt, the church grew even more than what we ever expected. Someone has said, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. And it is this incredible reality that, that God cannot be contained. It, it, is, it is our own design that we want to place, but our reali the reality is that God goes beyond our design. He uses us, yes, but he doesn't choose to be limited to what we say, but does what he sovereignly wills to do. Because he is the one who grows his church. He is the one who superintends his kingdom. Why? Because he is the king. Because he is God. Seeds may surprise us. Because the kingdom of God starts small. But God grows it big. You'll notice here that there are 
two verses at the end of this text. Two verses that Jesus is saying here that there are basically outsiders and insiders. It's a common theme in Mark, talking about the outsiders and the insiders. It says, with many similar parables. So we don't have all the parables that Jesus taught. He says, with many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them as much as they could understand. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. But when he was alone with his own disciples, he explained everything. Jesus is speaking to these outsiders, those who were part of the crowd, listening in, and they were to listen carefully, 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 so that they could actually hear what he was saying. But he also speaks to the insiders, the disciples. And when they're alone, he tells them everything. He explains the parables to them. How's your hearing today? Do you hear what Jesus is saying here? In the way in which you live your life and speak your life, do, do you hear it? Seeds may surprise us because the kingdom of God starts small, but God grows it big. That's the push of this passage. But you might be saying, ah, what's, that's a matter of me. You know, this is nice to know about seeds. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, but uh, what's it matter? It matters a lot. Because what it is underscoring for us is that this church thing, gospel thing, life thing isn't about us. It's about God. And it, and it woos us to become more and more dependent on Him and to recognize who He is, that He is our only hope. He is our only trustworthy thing we have. And so it, it, it pushes us to want to run into His arms and say, Thank you. Thank you. Because this great God has done a great work in all kinds of people's lives, in your life, in my life, in the life of this church, in the life of men and women and boys and girls who have come under the sway and said, God, I recognize you, that you are God. And when we do that, he does something incredible. He uses us in ways that would surprise us. He uses our words and our lives to surprise us. He uses churches like this to reach out and touch others in ways and spread this news of this kingdom in ways that would surprise us. Because it's not us, not those of us who are here that, that's doing it, not the pastors, not the elders, not us. He uses us, yes, because we come under his sway. 
<laughs> he is the one who's superintending it all. He's the grower. He's the one who does it. Seeds may surprise us because the kingdom of God starts small, but God grows it big. Really, this is the way God works. This is the way God works in our lives and in the life of his church. It's a way in which God does his thing. And I'm glad he, he, he does work that way. Because it's not up to me. It was up to him. There's an old hymn that we sing that's perhaps familiar to you. And in that hymn captures the punch of this passage. His kingdom stretch from shore to shore till moons shall wane and wax no more. It's from that hymn, Jesus shall reign where'er the sun doth his excessive mercies run. His kingdom stretch from shore to shore till moons shall wane wax no more. What's it saying? God is going to grow his kingdom bigger than we can ever imagine, and it's going to continue to grow to the glory of his name. That's exciting, and that's encouraging for us as we live our everyday lives. When we feel as if life is fleeting away and nothing is going to be able to encourage us, we recognize that God uses even the simple, small seeds of our words in our life as we tell people about who Jesus Christ is and then let him work. And often we're recipients of that, aren't we? As people speak to us and help us and they live their lives showing us what submission to the king is all about. That's the power of this text. That's the encouragement of this text. That's the truth of this text. And it is this. Seeds may surprise us. Because the kingdom of God starts small. But God grows it big. Let's pray. We are absolutely delighted, thrilled, encouraged, strengthened to know, Lord, that you are God. That we can depend on you no matter what. And that you are going to accomplish your purposes in spite of us. Because you are God. And you're going to reach parts of this world that we would never imagine. Parts of this world with the gospel. You're going to do things in people's lives of repentance and renewal that would surprise us. Because you are God. You are the great regenerator. You are the great botanist. You are the great Lord of the garden. And so will you cultivate yourself in us as we come under your sway, recognizing that you are God, that you are King. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you.